Hi everyone, Sandman here. What's more disturbing than a woman that dates bad boys? Well, a woman that's into dating serial killers and deranged criminals behind bars. And what makes the girl next door go for such men? There's even a Canadian serial killer called Paul Bernardo, and he ended up killing two schoolgirls back in the early 1990s and confessed to raping at least 20 women. Today, however, Paul is 50 years old, and he's been behind bars for well over 20 years. Yet a 30-year-old woman is supposedly engaged to marry him. She says that he's a great person and incapable of doing the horrible things he was sent to jail for doing. Feminists typically complain about imaginary rape culture. Yet here we have a woman that doesn't believe that Paul Bernardo could possibly rape over 20 women, even after confessing it. And there's also video evidence of the two murders to prove that he did it, and yet she still won't believe it. And let's not forget about the testimony from Paul Bernardo's ex-wife, that he did all of those things as well. Even with all that evidence, she still thinks he's a nice guy and a good Christian man. She's acting irrationally and illogically, and it was Aaron Pitsy that told me that for men to understand women, they too have to start thinking irrationally. So that's exactly how I'm looking at this entire situation. And I have a theory that when women like this say they want a nice guy, what they're saying is they want an asshole but they want to pretend that he's a nice guy. Is it some form of Orwellian doublespeak, or possibly something else? They typically pretend that bad is good, and good is bad. Down is up, and up is down. I have yet another theory about the term rapey. I think that some women use that ridiculous term to say that men they are calling rapey are basically incapable of raping them. So it's basically a way to mock the weak nice guy, or mangina. They're calling nice guys rapists, and they're calling rapists nice guys. I think the real problem is the way that humans use language. From now on, when I hear a woman saying that she wants a nice guy, I'm conditioning myself to think that nice guy equals asshole and vice versa. Most women also don't take the initiative to pursue men, and instead wait for men to pursue them. And in a society when more and more men are afraid to talk to women, let alone take them out on a date, Women are trying to provoke male attention by insulting and belittling men all the time. Shaming a man to get him to do what you want seems irrational, but it works. And many women these days are willing to take any and all attention that men are willing to give them. But for some reason, they often prefer when negative men give them attention. I'm also adding a link in the description below to an article to describe why this woman is getting ready to marry Paul Bernardo. And this is basically what the article has to say. Both popcorn psychologists and psych ward shrinks generally agree on the spectrum of triggers for women romantically drawn to relationships with jailed men. They can be attracted to the cruel and powerful alpha male. They purport to see the little boy inside the adult beast and want to nurture him. An affair or marriage conducted through prison bars provides the perfect mate. Absent all that messy day-to-day -day minutia. Sex avoidance for the non-sex inclined and some women simply crave the media spotlight that might come with infamy once removed. There's a term for the compulsion to love the condemned. Hybristophilia, coined by a sexology professor, it refers to paraphilia, sexual arousal and gratification contingent on being with a partner known to have committed an outrage or gruesome crime. Colloquially, it's also called Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Anyways, that's what the article says. 
So I'm willing to bet that it's a combination of the attention that a woman is receiving from the media, as well as some desire to fix Paul Bernardo in this case and make him into a good person. In ancient societies, cruel and evil murdering men would have been attractive to many women because they would have created stronger offspring for women and actually had a greater chance for those offspring to survive. You can't seem to disagree with millions of years of human evolution. The bad guys tended to survive and thrive, and the good guys tended to show empathy and were taken advantage of and killed. The world was all about kill or be killed, and in such a world being a serial killer could possibly be advantageous. In the past, most men were exposed to violence, and they simply didn't have therapists to take care of the mental trauma they experienced from post-traumatic stress disorder. Women often found themselves taking a duty of being therapists for soldiers and husbands coming home from war after butchering other men. Women, it seems, had to fix men so that men could somehow reintegrate back into society. Think about all those soldiers that came back from the Vietnam War, or more recently, the Iraqi War. In the past, men went off to war for a relatively short period of time. They simply weren't deployed for years or even decades on end until there were large empires like the Romans. Up until then, wars were small and typically localized, and men returned home before women really had enough time to meet another man, form an attachment, and leave their husband while he was still off in war fighting. But make no mistakes about it, if a man goes off to war and is off killing other men, it's oftentimes just as psychologically damaging as being a serial killer. Another alarming trend that I'm seeing in Western countries, including Canada, is that women are having relationships but don't have children, or are treating grown men like children. They are babying them and trying to fix them more than ever. Women are meant to take care of children, and their biology seems to be hardwired for it. And when they don't have children, they often baby men or animals. I see women using grown men and animals in a way to express their nurturing instincts, but they are increasingly doing whatever they can not to have children of their own. With regards to the natural cycle of things, the woman in love with Paul Bernardo is 30 years old, and at any other point in history she probably would have had her first child anywhere between the age of 14 and 20. In past generations she probably would be nurturing those children in more rigid gender roles instead of spending time hanging out with cats as well as serial killers. Instead this woman is obsessed with Paul Bernardo and is 30 years old. She also has no kids, and her nurturing instincts are probably going crazy because they haven't been used. What I find really interesting is that feminists aren't putting down women that go after men like Paul Bernardo. After confessing to 32 different rapes, you think that feminists would do whatever they could to keep women away from rapist serial killers. But they do nothing of the sort. I want to see them publicly condone such actions on the part of women. Why are innocent and free men walking around in the world looked down upon as suspects of rape by many women, yet confined rapists and serial killers get female attention while they're in jail? If feminists did whatever they could to punish known serial killers and rapists, wouldn't that act like a better deterrent? Yet women that have grown up in a world saturated by feminist theory are still attracted to rapists, it seems. Maybe many women hate the idea that they are attracted to some of the darker elements of male nature, so they become feminists as a result. Then again, maybe women are simply drawn to negative male nature. Feminists might actually be trying to provoke the very behavior that they find despicable. After all, if you tell a man long enough that it's wrong to be male, then eventually his behavior might become sexually devious. I've long suspected that some women have wanted to unleash aggressive tendencies found in men in whatever way possible. 
It's just the theory, and I'm willing to entertain other theories from other people here as well. Serial killers are cruel and powerful beasts, and they get off sexually or psychologically by hurting other people. And although they're very uncommon, there are also many female serial killers out there preying on the innocent and the helpless. And in the future, I'll be doing an episode called Female Serial Killers. But now I want to get back to that article that I mentioned earlier about Paul Bernardo. And this part of the article shows the obsession that other women have with other serial killers. This is what it says. Serial murderer Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, married a groupie who'd written to him 75 letters over 11 years. They exchanged vows in San Quentin. Despite conjugal visits being forbidden, infamous serial killer Ted Bundy managed to both marry and impregnate one of his pseudo-stalking junkies before taking a seat on the electric chair. Brothers Lyle and Eric Menendez, who shot their wealthy parents as they slept, both got hitched from behind bars. Lyle to a former Playboy playmate, who felt compelled to make contact with him. I am, she told police in 1996, a fabulous writer, and the I do's were conducted via telephone on the day of sentencing, though she later divorced him for corresponding with another woman. Eric, on the other hand, has been married since 1997 to a woman who, for unfathomable reasons, reached out to the murderer while experiencing a difficult period in her own life. She wrote a book, too. They said, We'd Never Make It, was the title. They tied the knot in the waiting room in the Folsom State Prison. Again, that's what the article has to say. After hearing stories like this, it gives me a little bit more hope for some of the true force loneliness guys out there. Just imagine if Elliot Roger had turned himself in after killing those people. Who knows, he might have had Playboy bunnies paying him a visit in prison. Again, like I said, it seems like this world is a world where up is down and down is up for many women. Anyways, I hope I got everyone thinking about serial killers and the women that love them in different ways. And then there's Paul Bernardo's wife, Carla Hamolka. She made a plea bargain with the prosecutors and spent over a decade in jail. And she killed her own sister as well as helping Paul Bernardo kill two other schoolgirls. The prosecutors saw her as a victim and treated her as such. Later on, there were sex tapes found where she was taking part in sexual crimes with the murdered girls. But by then, the plea bargain deal was done. Today she's out of prison and married and has a family. Yet in some ways, she's just as guilty as Paul Bernardo. Ten years ago, people used to get angry that Paul Bernardo had a television in his prison cell. I wonder how the public is going to react when they find out that he's about to get married and maybe have a prison honeymoon. How about that? Anyways, thanks for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.